Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to episode 302 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... Matt, how are you doing? I'm good, David. How are you? What have you been up to the last few weeks? As of about 20 minutes ago, just finished Dickinson season two. I tried to get it finished before I uh, came on the podcast and stuff. Because cool. I had like one episode left this morning. I was like, I don't want to go on the podcast with one episode left. That would be a little bit annoying. Um, <laughs> but fantastic season. Another great Apple TV Plus thing. Hayley Steinfeld is really, really good in that role. I'm looking forward to seeing her in Hawkeye, the series where she's going to be playing Kate Bishop. Uh, I think there's a Bumblebee 2 happening as well. There's quite a lot going for her at the moment because I think I'm pretty sure Dickinson's got a season 3. Hawkeye is obviously going to probably do quite well for Disney Plus and then she's got the uh, Transformers saga and stuff so she's doing pretty well for herself at the moment which is great. This season really kind of opened things up a lot more. Not in the way that like season 1 was stale or anything but season 1 had a particular kind of goal and then season 2 kind of just expanded on things. Uh, The characters took a lot more sort of trips to different places as well (laughs) in season 2. There's like this kind of funny spa episode and stuff with all the all the women and everything while all the men go out and do all that you know the business stuff and everything <laughs> so that was pretty good things progressed quite well with her, her um, poetry this season as well I'm not going to get into like what happened there because it'll be spoilers and stuff but I can't remember the actor's name but you know the guy who played Iron Fist oh yeah uh, he was also in Game of Thrones he's in this uh, second season he kind of gets involved with Emily's poetry and tries to get her work pushed forward I don't want to say too much more than that right, so yeah. that's quite a big part of season two and there's this underlying kind of worry towards Emily uh, these other people telling Emily that like oh he's tried to do this before with other women and all he ended up doing was like getting together with them and kind of messing them about and uh, Emily was on the other side of like no he seems like a pretty good guy and everyone's trying to warn him about him but he seems okay when we see him and then that sort of progresses and stuff so that, that's one of the really big things of, uh, of season two but no overall a really good show really enjoyed it and uh, again it's just half an hour it's quick it's impactful uh, and it's just it's great television as well and it's not just Emily that's a great character like her parents are really interesting and uh, a lot of the other characters are as well so they do a lot more kind of relationshipy sort of stuff in the second season but it, it works pretty good within the context of what it is and everything so but uh, yeah the, the main kind of big improvement I suppose of season two is just it's a lot more expanded mm. and I don't know just tries to do more other different things but still things that fit within what they're trying to do like there's a few more sort 
sort of like church scenes and stuff, which are quite good. And that results in some interesting things. So yeah, really good season. I don't remember you saying if you'd seen, you haven't seen this show, have you? Uh, I have. I've seen seen some of the episodes of it. And uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of season one and a few episodes of season two, because I interviewed somebody about the season two stuff and I hadn't managed to get through the whole of season one before I needed to do the interview. So I, I skipped a few episodes. I didn't get to the end of season one and watched a few episodes of season two. So I've seen odd bits and pieces of it. Really, really enjoyed it. It is a fun, interesting, different take on a sort of period drama. You know, it is technically a period, well, it's period comedy really more than anything else, but it has very much a sort of modern CW-ish kind of sensibility to it as well. Um, You know, with the lead character feeling very much sort of more a modern character than a period character. It's almost like she's been airdropped into this sort of period world and the younger generation are sort of fighting back against the older generation to a certain extent about how they should manage their lives. It's really wonderful and really fun. I I do think they've done an amazing job with it and it looks stunning as well. I think they they do a a superb job just recreating Mm -hmm. the environments as well. Yeah, something I've always said about the Apple TV Plus shows, the production values are there with all of the ones that at least I've seen so far. Uh, So that's been great. But yeah, it's sort of like if you made Downton Abbey for my age group, kind of. It's not to say I wouldn't enjoy Downton Abbey. I haven't even tried to watch it, but um, it's it's more aimed towards my age group. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, the other thing I've been watching, the Mosquito Coast had its season one finale last week. Really, really solid show. Uh, Seven episodes are about an hour each. So like, you know, roughly seven hours in total. Uh, The season finale was so tense and so sort of just kept me so kind of on the edge. It really, really is just Apple's Breaking Bad Ozark kind of thing. Mm -hmm. There was this sort of character chasing the main family throughout most of the season. And that got really, really intense. And when, when I look back on the seven episodes, I think, yeah, the first two to three are a little bit slow, but sort of set things up. And then things just continue to escalate from there. And uh, they do this thing as well, where their son finds a gun at this point, and he tries to use it in a few situations. And of course, because he's not really trained with firearms, it's that classic kind of thing of like a young person, not really like a teenager, is a little bit older than like a teenager. I think he's supposed to be roughly sort of my my, my age, maybe. Uh, but he finds a gun and he tries to like threaten a few different of these like cartel-esque sort of people following mm-hmm. them. And that creates some uh, particularly troublesome situations. The other interesting thing as well is because I, I think I mentioned this before with the dad character played by Justin Theroux, him kind of constantly saying like, oh, we just need to do this or we just need to do that. or We just need to get this boat or whatever. And like once we get there, we'll be in sort of paradise. And it just keep getting in worse and worse trouble <laughs> you can see as the season goes on especially with the the mother his you know the wife character you can see it kind of on her face almost in like a Skylar sort of way from Breaking Bad and sort of like okay I'm starting to lose trust that what you're saying is going to happen and you yeah. as the audience are kind of there as well of like come on man where, where, what have you got your family like into mm-hmm. um, he keeps promising this sort of promised land on a beach and you can do whatever you want and all that sort of stuff but they just keep getting into situations where they almost die it's funny with Justin's character how every time they get out of one of those situations and sort of move forward he's like hey here we go back on the road and all of his family just slowly over the course of the season are like okay we're kind of with you it it does get to a point where it's too far gone to where they can't really sort of turn back because there is a few of those discussions as well of like we don't really trust what's going on here and we want to kind of turn back but at a certain point it like that's just too far gone 
Um, yeah. And uh, that creates some interesting scenarios as well, but really, really intense scenes, certain scenes as well. Uh, so it's fantastic. It's renewed for season two. So I'm very much looking forward to that. It's just brilliant. Um, yeah. Have you seen any of that? I haven't got to it yet. It is one that is on my list of things that I need to sort of binge through when I've got rid of some of the uh, other stuff. There's a mixture of things around right now and uh, I just find in the time. But yeah, it is one that I do want to sit and watch through because I've loved a lot of the Apple series. I think they've done an amazing amazing job with the shows on that network or on that broadcaster and it is one that I do want to sit down and watch definitely cool uh, so that's most of what I've been up to apart from some other things how about you well I mean Loki obviously is the uh, big thing mm-hmm. that's been around this week first episode came out on Wednesday because they're releasing it on Wednesdays just to be <laughs> slightly different for a change I loved the first episode of this I think it's it's a very interesting and different setup to Anything we've seen before, as I think most people know, it's obviously Loki is not around in the main MCU anymore. So the one that we're following is the variant that occurred during the events of uh, Endgame. And the entire plotline is based upon the fact that, you know, he is not supposed to be there. He's not really supposed to exist. And uh, I thought they handled that really well. And it was sort of really interesting what they did in terms of the messing around with the time because there's this sort of time bureau that are these people that are control the true timeline. I really loved what they did with that. It's always a pleasure watching Tom Hiddleston play Loki. He's so amazing at it. Mm. And so to have him back, the first episode is very much a sort of setting the groundwork for where they go next. So I'm really interested to see what they do with the rest of the season from here on in. What do you think? I loved it as well. Yeah, I really, really did. And this kind of goes to something I've been mentioning a little bit in, in the past. You could possibly call it like brand trust. Because when I looked at yeah. the shows coming to uh, Disney Plus and everything, Loki was pretty far down on my list because I'd never really been that invested in the character. And I thought like, oh, well, I'll, I'll watch it because I trust Marvel. I trust the MCU and Kevin Feige and what he's done. There's not much reason to think otherwise. I mean, other than a couple of films here and there that maybe didn't hit so well and like Falcon and Winter Soldier was a bit slow in certain places. But, you know, 90% of the time, when we have the MCU, which we've got, what, 11 or so years of the MCU to, to go off of? Yeah. For the most part of that, like, you know, just over a decade's worth of time. When you have that much content over that long of a period of time and 90% of it, or 95 in some cases of it, is at least good to great or, like, fantastic, you do earn that bit of brand trust where I think, okay, I'm not invested in the character of Loki or, you know, going into the show not really expecting much, but just coming out of it on the other side and thinking, okay, you've pulled me in with this one just because they did something a little bit different here mm-hmm. and I think that was that was great as well this isn't just a sort of cliched like comic book sort of thing like the, the character work alone that they did in this episode with Loki I thought was fantastic as well of uh, Owen Wilson's character just asking him certain questions certain questions that yeah I think are interesting to ask Loki such as like you know why does he do what he does and looking at his past and everything and yeah. looking at how okay you haven't really been that successful with what you've done and what sort of happened and Loki being sort of very dismissive of that I thought was fantastic as well. So yeah, again, just this brand trust because sometimes things with the MCU now where I look at them, I think, okay, that might not be so great, but because you've earned my trust, I trust you to prove yourself with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it means I'll be stepping into more MCU stuff just because that trust is there. Do you kind of agree with that? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I know Bex has said repeatedly she was very excited for, I mean, obviously <laughs> for Loki because it's got Tom Hiddleston <laughs> in it, but th- she was just impressed by the fact that 
WandaVision and Wanda and Vision are two characters she didn't really care about at all and they made her care about those characters with WandaVision so if they can do that with two characters she doesn't care about what's it going to be like watching a character where she really really does care about them and so <laughs> it, I, I think that is part of the brand trust you kind of know that they are excellent at what they do Kevin Feige masterminded all this in such a wonderful way I think it's quite interesting in how they've ended up running which wasn't the intended order but it's kind of interesting that yeah. they started off with a sort of kind of weird thing with WandaVision and then you went back to sort of more traditional MCU with Falcon and Winter Soldier now we're back to something that's a bit more off the wall with Loki next thing to come up is What If which is the animated series in the summer and then I think it's supposed to be Miss Marvel and then Hawkeye so you sort of you know, you've got a couple of like weird shows with the sort of animated thing and then you're back to probably something that's a bit more traditional MCU with Miss Marvel and Hawkeye and then after mm-hmm. that we're supposed to get She-Hulk which is going to be back in the sort of more weirder end and then at some point after that you've got Secret Invasion Ironheart and Armor Wars and the Wakanda series which we don't know exactly what that's going to be called yet but they've got a lot of interesting stuff lined up but I like the fact that it's sort of oscillating between solid action well-written story something that is a bit more traditional grounded MCU and then you've got these weird shows kind of dropped in between as well I think it's a really nice Mm -hmm. mix they've put together for the TV shows I like at the moment how they've got this difference with you know when you've got something like WandaVision and then Loki which is more timey-wimey kind of multiverse-ish sort of stuff which I really like which they've only started really stepping into sort of since what like Ant-Man became a thing roughly and you had the whole and then you still do have your traditional comic book stuff like a Falcon and Winter Soldier or like a Hawkeye and and those sorts of uh, properties and stuff so it's going to be interesting to see how they sort of balance those and because you don't want too much of either so if you give a bit of one thing and then a bit of another thing I think you'll uh, balance it out pretty well you know again brand trust I trust the brand and Kevin Feige to do that because why shouldn't I you know yeah so I'm interested in what if because it's going to be an animated series it's and it's going to allow them to mess around with do whatever they want yeah Yeah. basically do whatever they want and put characters that we know in different roles and things because that's a sort of alt-universe kind of idea of what if you know Peggy was Captain America or you know it's that sort of thing so I think that's going to be just an interesting animated series and then Miss Marvel which comes after that is going to be the first new character that we've got introduced via a TV series in terms of new lead character anyway that is coming Mm -hmm. via a TV series and then you're back to Hawkeye which is traditional MCU and then I'm really interested in She-Hulk partly because of the fact that you've got Tatiana Bislaini as the lead role and she's fantastic but also the fact that it's it's a comedy you know they're talking about it being closer to being a sort of half hour comedy than you know what we've seen before so again that's another slightly different thing we've got coming in so um, Mm -hmm. I I think the breadth of things that they're managing to do within the MCU and within the Marvel TV shows is really quite interesting and they all advance the story on and of course you've got the films running alongside that as well now which is starting to come back you know we've got Black Widow coming up and then we've got Eternals and Multiverse of Madness and all that sort of thing so uh, yeah yeah, they're doing a really really solid job with uh, all of this stuff Mm. I don't think they've gone hugely wrong at any point recently and I expect some of these you I'm sure at some point we're going to hit one which is going to be yeah that's not quite as good as maybe it should have been but at the moment I mean I think they're doing a great great job they're picking interesting stars they're picking interesting writers and directors for it Kevin Mm. Feige really seems to have a handle on it at the moment which 
Because he's he's just great. It's funny looking back to 2019 when the end game finished and they ended their big kind of Infinity Saga, and there was a bunch of people saying like, "Oh, you know, that's that's kind of it for the MCU." And I was like, "No, not not really. No, no. <laughs> they're just it's, they're just gonna like stop. It's just into a new phase now, and this mm-hmm. is this is the transition phase into the next one of those big sagas by, like you said, bringing in all these new big characters and kind of re-sorting out the Avengers and everything. Yeah, so, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a cool time. Yeah, so. yeah. Now I am looking very much looking forward to seeing where they go with it. And uh, I mean, Eternals again was another one where I think they brought out the trailer and there were characters that people didn't really know. And I'm going to be interested to see how that lands. But you know, I have a certain amount of faith because it's it's Marvel and they've done so well so far with the MCU. I have faith that that is going to be a solid film. But mm-hmm. you know, we'll we'll wait and see when it comes out at the end of the year. Yep. In terms of other things, uh, I'm still working my way through sweet tooth i really really like that show it's such a lovely little adventure series it's a good family orientated there's nothing overly violent it's kind of i think aimed at that kind of doctor Who-y sort of audience of something that very much is a family thing you know young children can watch it and will love the characters but there is enough in there for older people to watch through as well this is the thing about uh, the world has been ravaged by this uh, illness and it is killed large swathes of the population but one of the things that have come out and happened at the same time is there are a bunch of children that have been born who are human animal hybrids and uh, the lead character that you're following is a kid called Gus who is nicknamed Sweet Tooth because he likes um, sweet things and he is a hybrid and uh, he's been living in the woods with his father who took him away to seclude him because the hybrids are being hunted and something happens to his father and he ends up having to leave his seclusion and uh, hooks up with some other people to go on this journey to try and find his mother who they believe is in Colorado and it's sort of about trying to get to Colorado at this point and but there's various different plot lines going on with various characters so you as well as following Gus you're following this virologist who is trying to find a cure there is a, another woman who is has a sort of sanctuary for the hybrid kids and uh, you're following a bit of her story as well and it's one of these things where you've got like these three or four different plot lines which are all starting to converge together presumably at the end of the first season that's where they're going to end up I've got a couple of episodes left of that but it's a Netflix series and I'm really really enjoying it I would urge you to go and watch it if you like those sort of interesting fantasy family dramas definitely definitely one I would go and watch I keep meaning to watch certain things on on Netflix there is like probably four or five maybe even more shows on Netflix but I just keep watching things on Apple and Disney and (laughs) I still want to check out uh, Nevers on uh, Now, Now TV or now as it's called yes whatever on sky basically uh but you know i've only got one pair of eyes so <laughs> <laughs> yes i know the feeling prodigal son came back for his second season as well so the first episode of that has gone out sort of picks up exactly where the last season ended pretty much again it's it's been kind of solid as we know it's now cancelled unfortunately it doesn't look like it's going to find another home which is a real shame it's one of those things that i think would work quite well on a streaming service but given that it is a show made by WB and even HBO Max didn't pick it up I think it's probably done unfortunately I'm going to try and enjoy the second season and uh, you know keep watching that Uh, the other big thing of course that happened this week was E3 which is out at the moment I've not been following E3 particularly closely I presume you'll be 
covering this on the gaming podcast in more detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things I did spot. Uh, I know they've got uh, Diablo 2 coming out, which is a remastered version of the uh, Diablo game. They announced uh, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. So there's an Avatar that's, game coming. That's a very strange time to show an Avatar game. Yeah. Like, because we haven't had a film for 12 years. Was it 2009? Uh, we, we, we know there's like we know there's the four sequels coming but we haven't seen any trailers for those i just possibly would have saved it to line up with that a bit more because it looks all right it looks good but no one's really talked about avatar in the last five years or something yeah um so it's 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 fine that they announced it. i just think you know is avatar really on anybody's sort of mind at the moment because yeah. i don't know so anyway it, that, that was generally way, so. that was generally the comments that i saw on twitter as well after it was like really now <laughs> but um, yeah so they've announced it anyway so there's that uh, there's a Guardians of the Galaxy game coming they showed some footage from that I saw there's a Jurassic World Evolution 2 game coming which reading through the notes on it Jurassic World Evolution's from Frontier who are the people that make the Planet Coaster games and the Planet Zoo game it does sound from the description that it may be a little bit closer to Planet Zoo in terms of one of the issues with Jurassic World Evolution was you got given pre fabricated shops so it was fairly limited in terms of how you could make each of the parks look whereas it does sound that there is going to be more construction options and things which massively expands what you can actually do and how you can make the parks look and all that sort of thing it's not abundantly clear if that will be the case but it does seem to be saying you will have more options in terms of what you can build and things they're also not restricting it to certain islands as much as well and there's going to be different biomes and and stuff so uh, I think that sounds like it could be really interesting and they are talking about that coming out later this year so they've obviously been working on it for a while I'm very interested in that because that's totally my sort of game the other thing which I saw a trailer for which I urge you to go watch if you haven't seen it is a trailer for The Outer Worlds 2 The Outer Worlds is a RPG made by Obsidian the first game's very very funny it's maybe a little short and not quite as expansive as I would have liked but um, it it's definitely up there. It's a kind of fallout world, but sort of space adventure kind of thing. It's got very much got that humor that you got from some of the fallout games in it. This sort of steampunky vibe going on, but it's, it's wonderfully fun. That first game It's well worth playing through. The trailer for the second game is kind of a parody of those game trailers where they haven't actually got any footage to show. All they've got is a CGI cinematic, <laughs> but the voiceover throughout the entire trailer acknowledges the fact that it's purely CGI and they're like and now we're going to show you a shot of our hero but only from a distance and behind because they haven't finished the finalised model yet you know <laughs> they're kind of making remarks <laughs> about it like this it's very 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 funny I love the humour in those games and um, I'm really excited that they're doing a second one of that because I did really enjoy the world that they created for the first one so if Obsidian can build on that world I think that's going to be really really interesting anything particular that's leapt out for you from E3 there was the Mario Rabbids sequel, which is yes. interesting. Didn't quite know what to uh, to expect from Ubisoft. I think Ubisoft and Square Enix were kind of poor and, and lacking a little mm-hmm. bit. Microsoft stood out a little bit more. Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, looks all right. But to me, again, kind of bringing it back to brand trust, Square did the Avengers game. So it's sort <laughs> of like, right. okay, why would I necessarily trust you to do a Guardians game? I know it's a different developer. This this one is uh, Idios, I think their, their name is called. 
and uh, Crystal did the Avengers game. So it is a different developer, but it's the same publisher. So right. we'll see what happens with that. But the, it looks a better direction because it's no multiplayer, no microtransactions. It's just a single player story, which I think the Avengers game should have should have tried to do. Yeah. Uh, the Outer Worlds, I need to finish the first one. So I've not really got anything to say about the, the second. But it's good that it's getting a sequel. Kind of doesn't incentivize me more to uh, go back and play the first one. We also saw a little bit of uh, Starfield from the Microsoft conference. Right, yeah. I was a bit confused about the reception around that because the trailer came out and everyone seemed to lose their minds. But when was that game announced? Six years ago? Five, Something five like that, yeah. years ago or so. And we haven't seen really any of it in that time. So it's like, okay, it might be a very good game, but there's no reason at the moment to be excited for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, I was just a bit confused about the reception behind that because we didn't see any gameplay. We sort of saw a very limited trailer for it. So we haven't really seen much of it at, mm. uh, at the moment. I think Halo Infinite looks a little bit better than what it did before. They showed off a bit more of that, so that looked all right. So yeah, those were some of the things that sort of stuck out to me. Good, so, good. But yeah, I'm sure if yeah. uh, if you want to know more about the gaming stuff, Matt will be covering it over on the Entertainment Talk Gaming Show as well. So uh, go and check that out over there. There is mm-hmm. one other thing that I saw this week. I interviewed Catherine McNamara, who you'll know as uh, Mia from Arrow and uh, was in Shadowhunters yeah. as well. She's got a new film out called Untitled Horror Movie. It's a comedy parody horror movie. It's a comedy about making a horror movie from Nick Simon, who was the director behind Truth or Dare. It follows six co-stars who learn that their hit TV show is about to be cancelled, so they decide to shoot their own movie. Stuck for a plot, they unintentionally summon a demonic spirit with an affinity for violence that starts picking them off one vapid actor at a time. The entire thing was shot during the pandemic. They don't actually mention the pandemic throughout the film, but it is clearly shot in the pandemic because a lot of the interaction between the six leads is done via video chat. I mean, it's pretty much all done by a sort of what looks like Zoom calls and them also filming themselves doing scenes for this horror movie as well. Because it was shot in the pandemic, it's all the actors in their own homes doing their own lighting, their own makeup, and they're all, all their own stunts. Everything was done, you know, separately, sort of socially distanced in their own places. Nick, who directed it, describes it as part ghost movie, part self-aware comedy, part deranged Gen Z satire, which I think sums it up quite well. Um, <laughs> as long with Catherine McNamara, it's got Luke Baines in it from Shadowhunters, Claire Holt from Vampire Diaries, Emmy Raver Lampman from Umbrella Academy, Darren Barnett from Never Have I Ever, and uh, Tim Granaderos from uh, 13 Reasons Why are the main six cast who bounce off each other really, really well. It's, it's very, very funny. You can tell it was shot on a fairly limited budget, but I think they do a great job with it. It's more of the sort of looks a bit like a sort of found footage film, that sort of thing. It's got more of that kind of vibe for it, but it is a comedy. It's not a full-blown horror. There are some kind of funny horror moments in it, but it, it's not a full-blown horror. It is definitely a comedy. If you want to find out more about the film, you go to untitledhorror.com. The interview you can find in your stream, it will be the uh, behind the scenes podcast just before this one goes out as well. So uh, you can go and find that in your stream, but that's the interview with Catherine McNamara. So go and check that out. That was uh, really fun talking to her about that. So that's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. We start off the TV and film news with some really tragic cancellation news. Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist has been cancelled at NBC after two seasons, although there is a glimmer of hope because the producers of the show, which is Lionsgate, said they're not willing to give up on it yet. In a world where finding loyal and passionate audiences is never easy, we believe there must be a home for this great award-winning show with a passionate and dedicated following, said Lionsgate in a statement. So they are desperately trying to shop it around to other people. They believe that they can find somebody to buy it and pick it up. Lionsgate are the people behind uh, Love Life on HBO Max, Mythic Quest on Apple, Heels and American Gods on Stars, Dear White People on Netflix. Zoe's already streams on Hulu as well. So there are a number of people that they have deals with right now for other shows and uh, a deal for Zoe's on Hulu. So there may be some leeway in trying to get somebody else to pick that up. By no means guaranteed, and it's always very difficult to sell these things on, but it has a bit of a Lucifer feel to it that there may be a strong enough passion for the show and love for the show that it, it may just manage to find a new home. Obviously, it's what we both want, but yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's such a shame that, that it opted not to move this across to Peacock. The numbers weren't great on NBC, although it should be pointed out the network moved the series time slot four times over two seasons and put it on hiatus in the middle of the second season so yeah, you can't stupid, in- that's a stupid set of things to do yeah so, so you can't entirely blame the show for the fact that if people were struggling to find it it is a shame that they decided not to move it to pick up because I think it, it would have worked well as a streaming thing and I think it, it's a show which I could see fitting on Apple I could see it fitting on Hulu I feel that it would work well as a CW show Show actually as well if they manage to do some sort of deal with HBO Max mm. and CW as a sort I'd, of cross I'd rather it be on Apple or, or Hulu but if it ends up on CW then then that's that's cool as well mm-hmm. so obviously NBC didn't quite want it anymore uh, the other thing because I think I mentioned to you when it was during season two or uh, they changed it from like a Tuesday to a Sunday or something and then clearly changed its time slot or something like that so there might have been occasions where somebody thought it was on a Sunday or a Tuesday and it was on the other day or I don't know yeah. so that's a that's a pretty silly thing to do. I mean, with something like Walking Dead or something, it's always kind of been you know Sunday at nine or uh, you know a lot of these a lot of these uh, things have established time slots. Like The Flash has been on was it six or seven years now, yeah, and that's been always like Tuesday at eight. So you kind of always knew. So it's sad that NBC didn't want to go forward, but you know it, this doesn't feel like a sort of cancelled dead. That's it. It sort of feels very much that Lionsgate does uh, want to continue with it. So it it does seem to have a number of options. The ones obviously you just uh, read out and stuff uh, I don't mind which one gets it as long as it's you know back on the air and as long as it's it's good as it always was uh, which I trust the creators and the cast to uh, to be able to keep doing that so mm. we'll see what happens with it but it does very much seem like there's an attempt to put it just somewhere else which I think is a positive sign I find it very interesting they've started doing this like moving a few shows over to Peacock mm-hmm. as if they see more of a success on streaming which in the, in the world of television as a whole in, in my eyes over the last five 
five years, more shows that have been more successful, I'm pretty sure have been on streaming services. So maybe they're looking at it in that way. There does seem to be some sort of shift going on a little bit there. Well, speaking of that, there is a story that came out about Clarice, which of course is the Hannibal Lecter show without Hannibal Lecter that we'd be making fun of. That not actually aired over here yet, but there was this bonkers story that came out about Clarice because the original announcement or the original sort of rumour was that Clarice was going to move from CBS where it had been airing and not doing particularly well onto Paramount Plus because they're both owned by Viacom CBS and there were talks with MGM who co-produced the show about moving it across to Paramount Plus because although it wasn't doing well on the linear broadcast on CBS it was doing fairly positive numbers on mm-hmm. streaming and they see that as a sort of you know Viacom CBS see that as as very much things where they can pass things backwards and forwards like Evil and Seal Team have both moved over onto Paramount Plus for their new seasons so both of those have moved across they are seeing that if something works better on streaming they are moving it off the main channel and onto Paramount Plus you know they're working in partnership as much as they can with that now what's happened with Clarice is depending which side you talk to there are a couple of different stories negotiations basically stalled Viacom CBS say MGM abruptly stopped good faith negotiations that were closing on an agreement MGM say they opted to walk away after being offered a mediocre deal that they couldn't accept so depending which side you talk to they've both got differing points of view about what the situation was and bearing in mind Deadline who spoke to uh, somebody at CBS so the news is this information is coming from the CBS side but Viacom CBS Paramount and CBS Studios who actually make the series says that they made most if not all of the concessions that MGM asked for in the business terms but MGM still would not make a deal so a lot of the industry veterans are saying it seems to be one of the craziest situations they've seen because there appears to be a deal for a second season on the table and as far as CBS or Viacom CBS were concerned it was a very fair deal you know there was some changes to the money but it wasn't unfavourable in any way to MGM as far as they were concerned it was actually a pretty favourable terms and you've got a show which is based on a really top IP in Silence of the Lambs you've got a showrunner mm-hmm. in Alex Kurzman who is the man that is behind the Star Trek franchise for CBS so you know you, it's a top top producer that is, is behind it yeah. and MGM are potentially walking away from this deal that he's going to basically put 300 people out of the job so it's such an odd situation of course there is a slight change in that MGM are likely to be merging with Amazon in the not too distant future I mean that deal has been agreed yeah. between the two companies it's got to go through the anti-competitive stuff at government level but it sure. seems like that's going to go through it does make me wonder if that deal has had something to do with the fact that MGM have put the brakes on this that yeah. maybe the merger has something to do with it and MGM have other plans for the Silence of the Lambs franchise and they don't want some random little show stuck on Paramount <laughs> Plus that is going to contradict whatever else they want to do with it I do wonder if maybe that's the excuse you know they're using the excuse of oh the deal wasn't good enough and using that to walk away so they don't have to deal with it I I do wonder if maybe that's the reason why but Mm. it's a really really odd one because I mean it sounds like from the reports that we're getting that Paramount and CBS have basically given them everything they asked for and MGM still won't take the deal so it's very very weird Do you think MGM wants to like put it on Amazon Prime or something? Is there an element of that maybe? they They wouldn't I don't think be able to take 
take the show and put it on Amazon Prime because it is a co-production with CBS. Oh, I okay. think it's more likely that they want to do other things with the Silence of the Lambs franchise and they don't want this show out there. Sort of in the same way that Marvel killed off the Netflix deal in that they didn't want those shows milling around outside the main MCU. Not sure. they thought they were bad, but they just didn't want to have to deal with that as a separate entity. And I do wonder right. if it's a similar position where they have plans for Silence of the Lambs moving forward and they don't want to have this show just sat there potentially outside of everything else that's going on. I don't know. That would be my theory as to what has happened because it seems very odd that if these reports are correct and CBS offered MGM everything they asked for and they still said no, that's a very weird thing to do, you know. At the moment, it isn't technically cancelled, but it sounds like it's not going to be going anywhere if things carry on the way they are. But as I say, mm. it doesn't air over here, but it was just such a bizarre thing to happen that I uh, I just wanted to bring that one up. There is one other cancelled show this week as well. Uh, the Heart Guy, otherwise known as Doctor Doctor, has been cancelled after five seasons. That aired on the Drama Channel over here. It was an Australian show, but that's not coming back after five seasons. I think we've still got the fifth season to go out over here, actually, but that will be the last one. Moving on to happier things and renewals, Coroner's been renewed for a fourth season, so Coroner will be back. That runs on Sky Witness over here. Hacks, the HBO Max series, has been renewed for a second season. That's not been picked up over here yet, but now it's got a second season. That may inspire somebody to pick it up. That HBO Max thing's really irritating. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's, nobody's made a deal with them. And mm. we, whenever we hear about a HBO Max show, apart from, you know, a flight attendant and... Um, what was that Ridley Scott show? What was that called? Uh, 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 oh, uh, yeah. I know the one you mean. Yes. The, sci the sci-fi one. Yeah. yeah. Apart from those two and maybe some other ones here and there, we never have any ideas to when we're going to get those things. That's the thing. I mean, some things get picked up, some things don't. There isn't a cohesive deal for those shows anywhere at the moment. Starstruck, which has also been renewed for a second season, which was the Rose Matafeo comedy about the woman that ends up sleeping with a film star unexpectedly. Uh, that's been renewed for a oh, second yeah. season. And that's a BBC show over here, a HBO Max show in the US. So you've got some things which are like that, which are kind of co-production deals. But then you've got other things which are straight HBO Max shows and Sky have picked up a couple of them. But then you've got something like Harley Quinn, which has ended up on E4. And so they end up all over the place. Um, I do wish that Sky had just signed a deal for the HBO Max things as well as the main HBO. That would have made life so much easier. But yeah, at this point, you could have actually yeah. done a deal with Sky to launch a sort of Sky HBO Max here and run it alongside as an extra service maybe but I don't mm -hmm. know I mean it's HBO Max it's pretty big it's not like MTV or something yeah <laughs> so uh, Hacks renewed for a second season Starstruck renewed for a second season Kevin Hart's action comedy series Die Hard has been renewed for a second season as well this is the first Roku original to be renewed so this was one of the shows yeah. which was a Quibi series then of course Roku bought all the Quibi shows for the Roku channel and now Roku have renewed it. So that's the first one to be renewed, which, I mean, means that if they are going to start renewing some of these, you never know. We might get another Fugitive series out of them, possibly, because mm, they're, cool. they're not like full-length things. You know, they are, I still think, the Quibi formats. I don't know whether they've reformatted them for Roku. I haven't actually been on and looked because you can get the Roku channel. It's free. It's an app. It's on all the Roku boxes, but you can get it on Sky and Now TV as well. 
and it's free to go on and use. So uh, you can go and find these shows on there for nothing if you've got either Now or Sky or a Roku platform of some description. So that has been renewed for a second season. You can pick that up. And C has got a third season renewal. They dropped a trailer for the second season as well. It now comes with uh, added Dave Batista in the uh, second cool. season. So uh, that looks really good. The trailer looks great for the second season. It's uh, coming mm. on 27th of August. They've announced that for season two. So you've got until the 27th of August to get through season one of that. Matt? Yeah, that is going to be my next Apple show now that I've finished Mosquito Coast and yeah. uh, Dickinson. So yeah. I'm planning on, I might watch the first episode today. We'll see. Yeah. Be a good goal for me to try and uh, catch up by then. I quite like Dave Batista. I mean, I saw him recently in uh, Army of the Dead, the Netflix yeah. uh, Zack Snyder thing. Shooting zombies like normally and all that sort of fun stuff. And then he did these sort of like, what I'm sure were wrestling moves on zombies. So that was kind of <laughs> cool. I mean, Dave Batista's cool. cool anyway. Because we've, yeah. we've seen him in like Guardians of the Galaxy and uh, other things, so yeah, him on screen with uh, Jason might be might be pretty cool. Yeah, so people making jokes about the fact that he's appropriate is in C because of course you can't see him taking the thing <laughs> from uh, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy, but um, he shows up in the second season, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to uh, seeing him in that. I really enjoyed the first season. Bear in mind the first episode is very much a setup for the rest of the series, so there is a huge time jump at the end of the first episode so there okay. is there is a little bit of difference between that episode and everything else it is a little bit slow in places but I think it's a solid compelling story throughout so if you're finding yourself getting a little bit bored in places work through it it is a good solid story but it does take a little time sometimes to get going it's a great series though it is well well worth watching and as I say second season of that coming 27th of August in terms of pickups Harley Quinn season 2 finally has landed on E4 they clearly the uh, dart landed in the right spot Monday 21st of June at 10.30 that is coming to E4 Rick and Morty the what's fourth fifth season of that whatever it is that's going to be airing slightly before fifth, it so, think, yeah. yeah fifth season I think that is so that 10pm for Rick and Morty and then 10.30 for Harley Quinn I think there is a bird girl I think he's following that at 11 as well which yeah. is an adult swim thing spin off from Birdman I think is the adult swim cartoon so mm-hmm. uh, there's that coming after it as well so there's a sort of animation segment from 10 p.m on monday the 21st of june over on all four they've picked up party of five which was the reboot of the uh, old 90s series that ran for one season so there is only one season of it but they've picked that up from 25th of june that's going to be landing on all four so if you're a fan of the original you might be interested in uh, watching that Outer Banks Season 2 has a premiere date as well now. That's coming back on the 30th of July onto Netflix. Uh, I really enjoyed the first season of that. It's a really fun kind of uh, teen drama about a group of kids that are sort of treasure hunting. They're going after this lost gold. But it's really, really fun. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. So uh, maybe more than I maybe should have done for the type of show it was. But uh, that's Outer Banks Season 2, 30th of July for that. The Flash season seven has got an air date along with legends and supergirl so they're all back flash season seven returns on 29th of june legends of tomorrow season six follows on wednesday the 30th of june and supergirl's sixth and final season is on the first of july so that's the uh, tuesday wednesday and thursday that they are landing all at 8 p.m all on sky one you may have seen an advert on tv that has the flash and then 
Supergirl and then Legends. I've double checked this with Sky. The advert is wrong. Apparently, this is the, they've oh, they put the, the wrong around on the TV ad. Somebody is going to have a very bad Monday morning, I think, at uh, Sky. But um, yeah, hmm. the the ad apparently went out with the, the wrong way around. I got them to double check it, and apparently, it is Flash Legends Supergirl, not Flash Supergirl Legends that the order is in. Not that it hugely matters, but yes, that that is is going to be the order. Mm-hmm. Monsters at Work also has a slightly changed air date. They've uh, moved it back a few days. That's now going out on Wednesday, the 7th of July. That is going to land. It was going to go out on Friday, but they've started to move some of their shows to Wednesday. So uh, that's Wednesday, the cool. 7th of July. That is landing. And there is a trailer up on the website for that. I'm planning on doing a uh, podcast for that. Should cool. be Should be fun show. I'm struggling to come up with a name for it, which is the only problem I've got, but I'm sure I'll figure it out eventually. Yeah, keep an eye out for that over on Entertainment Talk, but uh, that looks like it's going to be a fun series. I'm looking forward to that. There's a few updates for Star Trek and Star Wars. Uh, Star Trek, they have apparently started recording the voices for season three of Lower Decks, so that is in production now. Strange New Worlds, they're up to episode eight of ten in terms of the recording. That's expected to debut on Paramount in 2022. Picard season two has begun filming in Los Angeles, so that's also expected to arrive in 2022 as well. And Discovery Season 4 is well into shooting. They've actually got some of the episodes picture locked already. That means the episodes are edited and in their final form, but haven't got the VFX and the music and all the post-production stuff on yet. They've got still that to do, but that is uh, due to land later in 2021. It's going to be towards the end of the year. One of the things that has sped up the production is they're using a volume this year, which is the same thing that they use on The Mandalorian. It's that big virtual studio set thing that they use on The Mandalorian. They've now got one of those or access to one of those. If you want to know a bit more about the VFX work on Discovery, if you go back to Behind the Scenes Podcast 45, I spoke to one of the guys from Pixamundo who were one of the main VFX guys behind it, and he talks a little bit about using the volume in Season 4. Obviously not details about Season 4, but he talks about how that's changed the production process and that sort of stuff, as well as talking about all the other VFX work on the show as well. So uh, that's Behind the Scenes podcast 45 if you want to, if you're a fan of discovery and want to go and listen to that over on Star Wars, a little bit of information about the Book of Boba Fett. They're actually describing it as being slightly more like The Mandalorian Season 2.5. And you should expect some of the characters from the flagship series to appear in the spin-off. They haven't said who, but you know some of the characters are likely to cross over. It was originally thought it was only going to be four episodes, but apparently the IMDb listing has at least seven episodes listed. So it may be seven, it may be more episodes than that. We don't actually know at the moment. The only thing we really know about it is uh, Tamura Morrison and uh, Ming-Na Wen are both returning in that as uh, Boba Fett and Fennec Shand for that series. So um, that is mm. is likely to land sooner. I think they said end of this year is when they're talking about that yeah, landing. December or yeah. so, I think. I would have assumed, yeah, like six to eight episodes or something around that. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens with that. But like I say, they are talking about it being a bit more The Mandalorian 2.5 
alive than being something completely separate. With The Mandalorian Season 2, one bit of news that did come out is they let slip that it hasn't even begun filming yet because Obi-Wan at the moment is using the volume, which is their main soundstage. So they're actually saying that Season 3 might not land until late 2022. So it sounds like it's going to be Boba Fett, Obi-Wan, then The Mandalorian Season 2 for the Star Wars series. Mm -hmm. That's fun to do, you know, if you want to rotate them and stuff and have, they don't all need to come out at once. Yeah. Uh, So if you can, yeah, you've got the whole Star Wars galaxy to do what you want with. So if you've got like three different sets, Obi-Wan, Mandalorian and uh, and Boba Fett, just uh, take your time with them and then just rotate them. So Mm -hmm. what they can kind of do with Disney Plus a little bit, especially with something like Marvel and Star Wars, I think that the the Disney and the Pixar stuff's going to be a little bit different maybe. But you had Mandalorian season two, then you had a couple of Marvel shows, and then you're going to go back to, you know, some Star Wars stuff later. So you can kind of actually rotate the the two brands as well. If it means that we get two Marvel shows uh, and then maybe like a Marvel film and then like go back to Star Wars or something uh, to kind of rotate things a little bit, I think could could work for them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, three Star Wars TV shows in the next sort of year or so, because it's sort of going to be December, then Obi-Wan probably the middle of the next year and then Mandalorian towards the end of next year. Then they've got a string of other things Mm. lined up as well. So that I'm very much looking forward to them laying all that out. Over on Netflix, they had a thing last week called Geeked Week, which was them doing a string of announcements basically about a bunch of their different sort of more geeky kind of led shows. So we've just picked out a few of the announcements from that. Shadow and Bone, I think as we mentioned last week, has been renewed for a second season, which I'm very happy about. I'm glad that's coming back. They've announced Splinter Cell, a TV show based on the Tom Clancy series of video games. It's going to be helmed by the John Wick writer Derek Colsand. Splinter Cell is one of the things that I think could work pretty well as a TV series. You know, um, mm-hmm. video games Definitely. are fun. I haven't played them in a very long time, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think that mm-hmm. could be uh, something that works quite well. Yeah. Well, you, Ubisoft hasn't made a Splinter Cell game in eight years, so there you, go. you know, people are kind of, people are kind of really wanting uh, Splinter Cell content, and they didn't announce anything for a new game at this E3 because he's been in like other mobile games and stuff, but we really want like a AAA, uh, yeah. either a new game or a remaster of some of the old games. I mean, I've heard some good things about Chaos Theory, but that's an Xbox original game. So right. that would be like great for a remaster. So yeah, mm-hmm. a, a TV show is another good avenue that isn't a mobile game that people don't want, they could do. So at least they remember they've still got Splinter Cell. <laughs> so yeah. it's good that they, it's good they're doing something good with it. Um, but yeah, John Wick writer in there. Sounds, sounds like a good match. So yeah, sounds like the right person to be doing it anyway. There is an anime adaptation of the Far Cry series coming up, which I think sounds interesting. I've played a few of the Far Cry games, not all of them. So don't know which one it's based off, but there you go. The Umbrella Academy creator and showrunner Steve Blackman unveiled the 10 titles for the episodes for the upcoming third season. So they are called Meet the Family, World's Biggest Ball of Twine, Pocket Full of Lightning, Kugel Blitz, Kindest Cut, Marigold, Alvida Zane, Wedding at the End of the World, Six Bells, and Oblivion, just ominously to end on. Those are the titles for them. I mean, who knows what they're, they're going to be kind of based around. I mean, Meet the Family, I think, is fairly obviously going to be picking up where we ended the last season. But yeah. as for the rest of them, I mean, it could really be anything. I mean, I'm so looking forward to that show coming back. I really, really enjoyed that season, uh, you know, the last couple of seasons Definitely. of that. So uh, I think they've done a stunning job with that book. Yeah. Uh, do we... Do 
do we know how far along they are with that? They like, are filming. Still filming or something? They are, they are. I don't know how long, how far along they are, but we know they, they certainly have been filming. I think they started back in February, I seem to remember. So they've been filming for a while. Um, mm-hmm. So they may be done by now, but, you know, things take a bit longer at the moment, so I'm yeah. not sure. Now that I think about it, in the uh, Elliot Page, Oprah interview, I think Oprah asked Elliot about it. I think he said they started in January or February, something yeah. like that. I might be misremembering, but she, uh, he did mention it in there, which is cool. That was my recollection as well. It was sort of January, February, they started filming again. So uh, yeah, it'd be great mm-hmm. to see them back. Cowboy Bebop, the live action series, they have announced that Yoko Kano, who is the original composer from the uh, animated series, is, is going to be back for the live action one as well. So he's making new original music for it, which is great news. A couple of air dates, uh, Lock and Key, they've announced coming in October for the second season and Another Life which was the uh, Katie Sackoff sci-fi series which is quite fun that's coming in autumn 2021 as well so uh, October 2021 I totally forgot about that yeah it's one of those shows that kind of completely flew under the radar really but uh, I I enjoyed the first season of that I thought it was a fun sci-fi show you would kind of think if you say sci-fi and then Katie Sackoff you'd think that that would have hit a little bit more I mean it got renewed so it must have done something pretty good, especially at Netflix like these days. That yeah. shows can get cancelled and stuff. So I just thought it would have picked up a little bit more steam, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but anyway. I entirely agree. You would have thought it would be a bit more headline, but um, I, I don't know. Apparently, maybe it's fairly cheap for them to make. I guess it's one of those shows that's shot in Vancouver. It feels more in the realms of the sort of smaller sci-fi type channel shows. And mm-hmm. maybe it's just been relatively cheap to do. It didn't need as big a numbers or maybe it got huge numbers and just for some reason people aren't talking about it as much. I don't know. But whatever reason, it, came, it, it is back for a second season. So uh, that's coming in autumn 2021. That's another life. Stranger Things announced four new cast members. Amy Beth McNulty from Annie with an E is playing Vicky, a cool, fast-talking band nerd who catches the eye of one of our beloved heroes. Miles Truitt from Queen Sugar is playing Patrick, a Hawkins baseball star who has friends, talent and a good life until a shocking event sends him like spiralling out of control. Regina Ting Shen from Queen of the South and Falcon and Winter Soldier joins as Miss Kelly, a popular guidance counsellor who cares deeply for her students, especially those struggling the most. And Grace Van Dyne, who was in the village in Charlie Says, is playing Chrissy Hawkins, high school cheerleader and the most popular girl in school, but beneath the seemingly perfect surface lies a dark secret so those are the four new characters they announced for stranger things which i'm guessing will probably land either later this year or next year but don't know somewhere around that i guess yeah, yeah. So, ha- halloween would be a good debut for that maybe if yes they could get it done by then yeah that would be good if they could do mm-hmm. it by then so we'll see but uh, yeah. yeah those are the four additional cast members that are coming in and we know there's a number of new faces if you uh, go and check the website on the article on do a search for stranger things you'll see all the new people that are coming to stranger things and lastly cg project red and netflix announced WitcherCon, a virtual fan event and that is coming on friday july the 9th 2021 um it's going to be an online virtual fan event it's going to be covering the game as well as the tv show so i'm sure there'll be lots of stuff coming out from that as well uh, i wonder if that'll mm-hmm. announce a new game there that would be nice i did hear i think we talked about it on the gaming podcast a couple of months ago they said that because they did this like i think it was an investor called call or something 
Yeah. Uh, I think they mentioned some something about an, another Witcher game. I don't know if it'd be Witcher 4 with Geralt because they really, really did properly wrap up that story and I don't really want to see like another part to it. But you could still do like games within that universe as well. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. But yeah, I'm guessing from this we'll probably, probably get a season two trailer for The Witcher because I'd imagine that would land later this year. It'll be two years by that point. Yeah. In December. They did post a tiny little clip in Geek Week. There were clips of various things. I mean, if you go and check through all the kind of roundup footage, there were various clips of a few different shows and uh, there was some behind the scenes stuff of Sandman. No actual footage, but there was some look at the sets and some of the props and and some of the characters and that sort of thing. So there is that up on there as well. There was a lot of behind the scenes stuff and they, they did release, it was only like a 10, 15 second kind of quick cut thing of some shots from The Witcher as well. So I suspect that we will probably get a full trailer a Witcher Con for um, the season two of the TV show and probably I would think uh, date announcement but um, yeah it'd be good if it's that and they we get a, a new game announcement that would be wonderful mm. moving back over onto Disney Plus Jamelia Jamal has joined Marvel She-Hulk series of course you'll know her from The Good Place she starred in that she's playing the villain Titiana according to reports in that who uh, not really a Marvel villain I know uh, I think it was a Spider-Woman villain, actually, but um, it was uh, created in 1984 by Jim Shooter and Mike Zek. She's an expert fighter. She has superhuman strength and healing. Jamil played Tahani in The Good Place. She's also been voicing the character of Roxy in um, Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous as well. So, yeah, yeah, you know, that's what she's been doing recently. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I I like the look of this series. I mean, the She-Hulk series described as a legal comedy centers on Jennifer Walters played by Tatiana Mislaney. We don't know much more about the actual plot of the TV series, but I mean, the premise in the comic books was the fact that Walters gets shot by a crime boss. She's losing blood and has a rare blood type. The only person that is a match for her that is close enough is her cousin who happens to be Bruce Banner. And when she had the blood transfusion, obviously the Hulk DNA transfuses across to her as well. And she ends up becoming She-Hulk, although she's more like the intelligent version of Hulk that we see in Endgame than than the sort of rage monster that we see in the earlier Hulk versions. So she's sort of She-Hulk, but she's also kind of this uh, lawyer as well. I think that sounds like it's going to be a really fun series. It sounds like it's going to be something very different. Tatiana's Miss Laney, Jamelia in there, Mark Ruffalo back as Banner, even though I don't know whether that's going to be a full role or whether that's just going to be a guest spot. Tim Roth is coming back as Abomination as well apparently for this <laughs> Ginger Gonzaga from Space Force and I'm Dying Up Here is playing Walter's best friend and uh, Rini Elsie Goldberry who was in Altered Carbon is playing a character called Amelia but I don't know any more or better than that so that's the only cast that's been announced so far so I think that sounds like it's going to be good fun anyway yeah brilliant um, yeah getting to see her on screen with uh, Tatiana is going to be really cool obviously you've got the other cast like Mark and um, Tim Roth yeah all them being in there sounds quite good uh, yeah if this is sort of a um, you know she gains the powers and then Bruce teaches her how to control her or sort of is a bit of a like guide for her mm-hmm. I think that might work pretty well because I'm not expecting her to get her powers and just be able to control it straight away that would be a little bit unrealistic in, in the same way that you know when we first saw Bruce in, in the, uh, the Marvel 
films when he started to get the Hulk powers and stuff. You don't just control something like that straight away. So if you know Hulk brings his kind of experience or Bruce brings his experience and uh, kind of teaches her how to maybe control it and that uses a few episodes or something, I think that would be quite good. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, seeing uh, Jamila back in something, uh, obviously she's doing the voice acting in uh, the Jurassic series, which is cool, but uh, all looking good so far. Uh, and again, brand trust. I mean, I was already in for that anyway. You know, yeah. I don't think there's, there's nothing similar to this such as with Loki with Loki I was sort of okay he's alright but with the She-Hulk stuff I've kind of been invested pretty much from day one so it should be pretty good yeah I'm very much looking forward to that I think it looks really interesting sticking with streaming services but moving over onto NBC's streaming service Peacock they have handed a straight to series order to Ted based on the Seth MacFarlane movies so uh, the Ted films if you've seen them uh, follows John Bennett who is an 8 year old boy wished his teddy bear would come to life and become his best friend which it did the movie follows a 35 year old John played by Mark Wahlberg who is still best friends with Ted voiced by Seth MacFarlane uh, however in adulthood his cuddly and somewhat potty mouth sidekick starts to stop John and his girlfriend Laurie played by Mila Clunis from moving on with their lives so that was the setup for the movie they haven't said exactly what direction the TV series will take MacFarlane is in negotiations to replies his role as the voice of the uh, foul mouth teddy bear. Wahlberg and Clunis aren't expected to reprise their roles, so it's likely going to have new human characters in it. Whether that would either mean mm. some form of recasting or whether Ted's gone to live with somebody else or he's on his own, don't know. I don't know whether I ever saw Ted 2. I quite enjoyed the first Ted movie. It was a fun idea. Yeah. Apparently, the original films are the highest grossing R-rated comedies of all time, which are not based on a sequel or other IP. Gross more than $750 million worldwide. So, um, wow. yeah, I mean, you can sort of see why maybe they want to do something like this. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know whether... I, yeah, I, I think it's an interesting one. I did quite like both films. You know, they're just very, very adult comedies with a talking teddy bear. And it was just, you know, you didn't need to think about it too much or worry about why the Ted is uh, talking or, or anything like that. You just sort of had the adult fun in there and everything. Uh, I don't think this will work quite... And I could be wrong about what I'm about to say. You know, of course I could. Um, I don't think it will work so well if you've not got Mark and Mila in there. They've got that whole friendship thing between mm-hmm. Mark and Ted and everything. So I hope they bring both those back. Uh, this is the one place where I don't... Because I often do say, hey, you should just like recast a character if you can't get the actor back. I can't see the chemistry working quite so well with somebody else. Although, again, I could be wrong about that. If you kind of had it as like a Ted-focused thing or he met like different characters or something mm-hmm. I don't think that would work quite so well so I do think you need the three of them back obviously Seth doing the uh, the voice as well uh, just, just to get that because there's a good kind of amount of chemistry between them three as well so I think you need all three of them back to make it work I could be wrong about that but it, it sounds like it could be just a good fun continuation so we'll see yeah it depends what direction they decide to go with it in I mean yeah what the story um, is and that. yeah what the story is how they're going to set it up if they're not going to use Wahlberg and Clooney's in there how they explain why Ted isn't with his best friend and or I mean I'm not sure where the movies end but I see where they go with it that has been given a straight series order so that will be coming to Peacock in the US with it being Peacock that means it's NBC so it may end up on Sky over here it may not we don't know uh, there are other companies involved in making that as well so we'll have to wait mm-hmm. and see so that's all the news we've got from this week let's move on to some highlights from next week on TV <laughs> 
So highlights for next week. Working Mums returns on Tuesday the 15th on Netflix for season five. I've not seen this show. This is one you've seen, isn't it? Yeah, I've seen the, the four seasons, really enjoyed them. I did a podcast on it. Looking forward to that very much. Basically, like if you took kind of the concept of a Real Housewives show, but made it a dramedy because it's got comedy in there and stuff as well. Because it's arguably got similar aspects. It's just not got the whole reality angle around yeah. it. But uh, it's a very good show anyway. So I'm looking forward to when that comes back yeah working mum season five tuesday 15th on netflix black summer season two of that which is the uh, zombie show from the people behind z nation that is back for a second season that's on the 17th of june that lands over on disney plus on star star actually the musical tv show from empire creator which i think ran on i can't remember which i was one of the five i think it was five usa ran it over here ran the first two seasons and then dropped the third all three seasons are now landing on star on disney plus on the 18th of june this will be the first time the third season has actually aired in the uk so if you want to go and watch that final season if you watch the other two on five usa you can now catch that 18th of june on star on disney plus also on star on disney plus on the 18th of june you have love victor season two starting so that will be landing on there if you want to continue the story of that Handmaid's Tale finally returns to Channel 4. That's for season four. That's on the 20th of June at 9pm. That comes back over on Stars Play Godfather of Harlem season two lands on the 20th of June so you can catch up with that that's got Forrest Whitaker in it as the infamous crime boss Bumpy Johnson Rick and Morty lands 21st of June at 10pm as we mentioned earlier that is on E4 that's going to be followed at 10.30 by Harley Quinn on E4 as well and then over on Sky Comedy on the 22nd of June at 9pm we have Betty landing for season two that is the skateboarding comedy series set in New York about a bunch of diverse women who never get their lives through the male-dominated world of skateboarding. That comes to Sky Comedy on 22nd of June at 9pm. So that's everything we have for this week. If they want to find more about your stuff, where can they find you, Matt? You can go to entertainmenttalk.org or look for us on podcast platforms as well, uh, doing TV, video games, films, and May Not A Podcast. Uh, United Cast is on a bit of a break until we decide to sell or buy players which is going to be a slow process so don't expect that anytime soon but got the euros going on at the moment i won't be doing the podcast on that particularly unless we win it or i don't know something like that happens but for other stuff as well we're doing like breaking bad at the moment fear the walking dead well by the time you hear this actually the finale will have gone gone out for season six so i'll be covering that uh, i do also, also stream on twitch sometimes as well and doing the last of us two run at the moment that's on etalk uk on twitch and you can find the streams later archived on uh, entertainment talk place so we'll go and check that stuff out if you'd like to yeah go and check all that stuff out over there for bex you can go to twitch.tv forward slash trista bites that's b-y-t-e-s for all the uh, her daily streams and uh, fun and messing around over on there and in various evenings as well go and check her out on twitch.tv forward slash trista bites for daryl you can go to hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those tv series you love which are shot in canada he covers all that over there at hollywoodnorthnews.net and for us you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektownuk that is everything we shall see you next week bye bye bye
mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.